Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 109-118 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. In a game that featured a uniform change at halftime, the Hawks were never able to get in rhythm offensively, and when they made a little bit of a run in the fourth quarter, it was too little too late. Without further ado, let's get into it. What a frustrating game. The Hawks have just continued to not be able to string wins together after having a really nice win over the Boston Celtics. The Hawks went on the road to Oklahoma City uh, and faced a Thunder team that wasn't playing with a lot of their top players. Al Horford wasn't playing, and the Hawks seemed to have the game under control in the first quarter. They built a nine-point lead at about halfway through the first quarter, and then everything seemed to fall apart. John and Clint Capella had wonderful games to start, and... When the Hawks went to their uh, subs, Aneka Kongu was unable to keep that momentum going. And it was just a really frustrating game, especially because of how well they played in that game against Boston, how well they played to start this game against the Thunder, and just being able to get back into the game in the fourth quarter kind of showed that some of the stuff that the Hawks were able to do and could do that they just hadn't done in the second and third quarters. Um the Hawks ultimately got behind after having a first quarter where they outscored the Thunder 33-31. to uh, The Thunder had a massive second quarter. They scored 32 points in that second quarter, and the Hawks didn't match that at all. The Hawks only had 22 and found themselves down at the end of halftime. Then going into the third period, I thought the Hawks did a much better job defensively, especially at the beginning of the third quarter, but the Thunder just started hitting shots. Once they had some confidence, there was... Not a lot of hesitation from the Thunder to hit shots. They had just come off of a game where they had hit a game winner as time expired to beat the San Antonio Spurs. And you could just see that this Thunder team was not going to be intimidated and certainly wasn't going to get down on themselves after that being down nine briefly in the first quarter. And they just continued to pour on. Anytime that the Hawks seemed to get a little bit of momentum in that third quarter, the Thunder were able to stymie that. Um... Going into the fourth, finally the Hawks started to do what they had gotten away from, and instead of settling for three-pointers, which the Hawks didn't shoot very well of in this game, they were 12 of 40 from three-point land. Um, They started getting into the paint, and especially I thought Skylar Mays did a wonderful job coming in. It was clear that in the third period and the elongated rest that Trey got going into the fourth period that he was just not right. And so Lloyd Pierce turned to Skylar Mays once again, who... This was one week after his performance against the San Antonio Spurs that really got him into the rotation, and he continued his strong play. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well. He was 3 of 7 from the field, 1 of 4 from three-point line, got to the free throw line for four free throws that he made three of. Um, He scored 10 points, but he was a positive three. The Hawks were plus three when um, Skylar Mays was on the court, and he was just doing a nice job of not settling for the three-pointers that I think the Thunder were even just kind of encouraging the Hawks to take, and he was going into the paint. And he wasn't always scoring, and he wasn't always converting on his first attempt, but his size and his um, activity down there allowed Clint Capella and John Collins to get back into the game, and he was able to draw some fouls. He had one shot in particular where I'm not really sure even how he got his hand on it and how it went in, but just being down there, the Hawks were able to out-rebound the Thunder, it felt like, all game. The rebounding numbers were pretty stark. The Hawks out-rebounded the Thunder 54 
to 39 and out-rebounded them on the offensive glass. The Hawks had 19 offensive rebounds to the Thunder's um, five, which was just really reflective of the game. That wasn't something that, like, after the game you looked at those stats and you're like, oh, wow, the Hawks um, out-rebounded the Thunder. It, did, it didn't seem like that. The Hawks were dominating down low, and they just got away from uh, that after that first stint in the first quarter. And by the time they went back to it in the fourth quarter, they were down 16. And they're, the Hawks did a good job. They made this a game. They got back into the game and um, got it under 10 with about eight minutes to go. And so it was a game. And, in fact, they had the ball down three with an opportunity to, to tie and just weren't able to convert. But getting down 16 and having to work all the way back, especially when Trey Young got dinged up, he uh, hurt his foot in the first quarter, and then he hurt his groin in the second quarter. Just didn't look the same. You know there's still no DeAndre Hunter, no Bogdan Bogdanovich. The depth is just not there. Um, and so to get down that much to a team that's at home is just really tough to get out of. I was really impressed and encouraged that the Hawks didn't let that 16-point lead turn into a 30-point lead. Something that we've seen in the past with the Hawks is them be unable to cut into a lead and um, not really always make a game a game after getting blown out. I think that Spurs game was a big example, except for the um, guys off the bench who came in, like Skylar Mays, and really made a point of uh, cutting that game close. But the Hawks made this a game, and uh, there are a few different possessions I thought the Hawks could have executed a little bit better to possibly get out of um, OKC with a win, even not playing at their best. But it just was a really, really frustrating game. It's in with a young team, it's just uh, this inconsistency. And uh, the players and coaches were asked after the game if they thought this was playing down to the competition or, or not having the same energy going against an opponent like uh, the Thunder versus when you play Boston or the Lakers or something like that. And John Collins, I thought, had a nice response where he was just saying, I don't know if it's that the, that we play down to the competition or anything like that, but we do need to figure out a way to have the same energy each and every night. Um, and that can kind of be seen as a way of saying, you know, we don't match that energy. We're able to get up for big games, and we don't have that for um, games that we don't deem as, as important. But I think for a young player like John Collins to say that and um, really kind of – I felt like he he want he wants to answer that question as well. It's not just answering the reporter's question, but finding more consistency for the Hawks and and playing. You know, there's been a big emphasis on playing full 48 minutes, having a 48 minute game where you give consistent effort. I think going across you know a week of games, giving that same effort across multiple games instead of just you know big games against the Nuggets and. Boston and having letdowns versus Cleveland and the Thunder. Um, the Hawks are trying to make the playoffs this year. There's no hiding that. There's no, you know, they're, they've stated that's something that they're trying to do. And to do that, you have to get wins on the road. Um, and this was another game that was sort of like the Cleveland game where it was a winnable game on the road that the Hawks just didn't close out. Um, in this case, they didn't play well enough in the middle of the game to, to really come back and they let the Thunder get very comfortable. Um, some of the stats for the Hawks, they had a strong performance from John Collins. The forward scored was 11 of 19, two of six from three point land, got to the free throw line. He drew a foul. He was one of two from the free throw line, 
Um, he had eight rebounds, three of those offensive, and had 25 points. Clint Capella played 30 minutes, about 31 minutes. He was eight of 11 from the field. He had 12 rebounds, nine of those offense. He had 21 rebounds, excuse me, 21 rebounds. Um, he had nine of those were offensive for 17 points. Clint Capella was a team high, plus seven. Um, and the Hawks just, he was, the the Thunder have no answer for Clint Capella. They don't have Al Horford. And they were starting a, a second-year player in Isaiah Roby um, who just who hit a couple threes but isn't going to be able to handle Clint Capella down low. Um, and again, it was a little frustrating for as dominant as John Collins and Clint Capella were that the Hawks didn't get to them more. Trey Young was 7 of 21, 3 of 9 from 3, 0 free throws. Um, I think that 0 free throws is a little indicative of him being hurt and not wanting to go into the paint. Um, his 3 of 9 shooting from three-point land, I don't think he particularly wanted to get into the paint again and was settling threes. And sometimes, you know, a lot of what makes Trey Young Trey Young is his ability to take and make those three-pointers. But when it, the team is being so effective going into the paint, um, I would really want my leader to take advantage of that to show the rest of the team that by continuing to go in the paint. Now, Trey was banged up. I don't know how severe his injury was. Um, and we'll see if he plays the rest of these games before the All-Star break, but I would not be surprised if he missed one game or even multiple games going forward. Um, Kevin Herter started the game pretty hot, but he was 5 of 14 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3 as well. He had a monster dunk. It was a play that certainly Vince Carter would not have commented that he needs to text Herter about being aggressive around the rim. It was a beautiful dunk, and it's really good to see Kevin Herter be aggressive like that kind of to the consistency of the team playing well for 48 minutes. I like to see Kevin Herter be aggressive for a full game um, towards the end of the game. And the Hawks are trying to get back into it, so you can understand why maybe they panic and keep shooting threes. But that aggression and that taking it to the thunder in the paint was just being really effective. And there was a few times where Kevin could have gone to the paint or taken the first three. I think um, Trey Young is always going to take the three-pointer if it's there, and that's what he's out there to do. For guys like John Collins and um, Kevin Herter, they need to be more aggressive. They need to be hunting their shot. Um, when Kevin, when Kevin, Kyle Korver was here in Atlanta, one thing he talked about is how the coaching staff really implored him to hunt his shot, to find three-pointers, not to just take the open ones, but to take ones that he thinks he can make and be aggressive shooting the ball. And I think Kevin Herter could benefit uh, with that same mentality on his three-point shots. And it's encouraging. I hope he keeps dunking the ball. I hope he keeps going into the paint. Um, he got into the paint and missed a few shots, but keep doing it, Kevin. It, it's one of the uh, best parts of his game. Finally, Tony Snell uh, rounds out the the starting lineup, and he did not score any points. He didn't provide his normal uh, sharp three-point shooting. And the Hawks in general, just after that awesome explosion from Danilo Gallinari in Atlanta, they just didn't have the same shooting falling in o Oklahoma City. I talked a little bit at the beginning about the uh, uniform change, and the game started with the Hawks in their red uniforms and the OKC Thunder in their orange uniforms, and it was just hard to tell which team was which, and it did not look particularly good on TV, and uh, it, it garnered so many comments on Twitter that uh, when the Thunder came out for halftime, after halftime, they were changed into their home whites, um, and so they had gotten a call from the NBA to change change uniforms, and so that was one of the weirdest weirder things to happen, but uh, it didn't affect... The Thunder, they were able to play just as effectively the, through the second half as they did in the first half. Um, 
Off the bench for the Hawks, Rajon Rondo was 4 of 7 from the field, 2 of 3 from three-point land. He did have four turnovers um, and in addition to his 10 points. Um, Danilo Gallinari was not hitting 10 threes. He was 2 of 8 from the field, didn't make a three-pointer, um, 4 of 5 from the free-throw line. He did have five rebounds and two assists uh, and eight points. And then um, Aneka Kongwu came in and as effective as, as I thought he was, I think he's playing a little bit better than at the beginning of the season. He's just getting some experience and doesn't look as lost out there. He's still trying to figure out uh, when to come set a screen for different guys, when he needs to be assertive in the paint, and when he needs to let uh, whoever's driving get get through. But uh, I thought it was a nice little step up for Oneka Kongwu. I feel like the Hawks should always pair a Kongwu with another big. I don't think he should be the only one out there. But it was nice to see the young man running up and down the court and providing some energy. He has a nice little floater game around the basket and a nice feel around there. So it was good to see Okongwu come out and play pretty well in his five minutes of play. On the Thunder side of the ball, they got a huge game from Gilgis Alexander. Shea, after scoring 42 points in their last game, had 24 points against the Hawks. They also got really nice performances from... um, Lou Dort and Darius Baisley. I think getting a big game from Gilgis Alexander, you know, the Hawks can live with that. But when you give up 19 points to Lou Dort and then Darius ba- Darius Basley scores 18 points on 8 of 12 shooting, it's just it's tough to win a game against the Thunder that way. Um, Darius Basley is a nice second-year player. He's not a player that should be dropping tw- uh, 18 points on the Hawks. And then off the bench, the Thunder got really nice contributions from Kenrick Williams and Mike Muscala. Um, I don't, I hesitate to say anything nice about Kenrick Williams because he comes from TCU, but he was just being very aggressive going to the basket. Uh, he was seven of nine from the field. He hit one three pointer. The Thunder got did a nice job of getting timely three pointers in the second half. After doing a, a good job of getting to the paint in the first half. They hit a lot of big three-pointers as the Hawks were trying to mount a comeback in the second half and especially in that fourth quarter. But Kenrick Williams was doing a good job of not only attacking the basket, um, but following and getting boards and putbacks as well. Um, Mike Muscala, the former Hawk, he had 10 points. Uh, three of his biggest points may have been at the, th- the end of the third quarter when the Hawks hit, had a nice play to get a bucket right before the, ha- before the quarter uh, expired. And the Thunder were able to get the ball in to Mike Muscala, who calmly took a couple dribbles, got it in to about Trey range, you know, uh, a couple steps back from the three-point line and just drained a a buzzer-beating three to keep the Thunder up 16 going into the fourth quarter. But Mike Muscala is a five who's able to hit three-pointers. He was two of four, and the Hawks didn't do uh, a great job of getting out to him. And I thought that was was pretty brutal. The Thunder, as a team, were 16 of 42 from – three-point land for 38%, um, and the Thunder as a team shot over 50% from the field. And that's just not good enough as a team defensively. Um, the Hawks were, the Hawks outscored the Thunder in the paint 62-60, to 60, but that's a stat that I look at and I'm kind of amazed at because the Thunder were just kind of getting into the paint at will and scoring a lot, doing a lot of their damage there. The Hawks were able to get back into the paint, and you think with John Collins and Clint Capella, the Hawks would win that category by more than two points, but the Hawks just were never able to take advantage of that. Um, I thought finally for the Thunder, Ty Jerome came in and had a really nice game. He had nine points, seven assists, and was just able to really fill it up for the Thunder when they didn't have Gilgis on the Gilgis Alexander on the basketball court. 
and they just got some really nice contributions from their bench. So um, just a, a brutal game and one, you know, the Hawks have, hopefully they'll be able to, uh, you know, forget about this game and, and go forward and get a win. But the next step for them is really putting a, a couple wins together and building a, a winning streak and, and showing some consistency. It's, um, it's nice to see flashes of excellence. It's good to see uh, some of these young players, John Collins, play well in a game, have Danilo play well in a game, Trey Young, Kevin Herter. Um, but until you put it all together, it just it looks clunky. It it, ha- it has a roller coaster effect as fans. You know, we're, we're knocking off the Nuggets at home, which is great. We lose to Cleveland by one on the road. We knock off Boston after getting really blown out in Boston, and then we go on the road and and lose to a team in the Thunder that the Hawks just should not lose to. The Hawks have more talent than the Thunder right now. They have better players. They're, they're trying to win more, I would say, than the, the Thunder, although all teams are trying to win. And it looks like the Thunder were just hungrier and, and more willing to execute their game plan um, and more interested in, in doing some of the stuff that you got to do to win, including going into the paint and getting rebounds or or following on loose balls. There are a few times that the Hawks did have some good defense, were able to force a, a tough shot, and the Thunder nullified that by getting the offensive rebound. Um, and so those can be hugely dispiriting, and it gets amplified when you're down. And so another thing for this Hawks team is not to play any differently than when you're up than when you're down. You know, you should be trying to stretch that two-point lead to a 10-point lead. But if you're down by 10, you should be trying to cut that 10-point lead down to five, get it more manageable, and just go to work. The Hawks' offense is good enough where they don't need to be worrying about being down eight points in the second quarter. Like, their basketball's a game of runs, and they're going to be able to have theirs. And for kind of the Hawks to panic or to fall back on the three-point shot as a way to get back in the game, it's just something that I think they need to uh, not fall in love with and really just get back to feeding their big guys and Clint Capella and John Collins. But brutal loss, one that is not – was not fun to watch in the moment and it was not fun looking back on and one that hopefully the Hawks can kind of get out of their head and uh, go down to Florida and get some wins against the Heat in Orlando. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!